Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. So, Father, I just ask you right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would use tonight's brief teaching on waiting on you, waiting on God. Give us understanding tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray that whoever's connecting with me live right now would be touched and encouraged. And I ask that you would specifically, you would reignite hearts to believe for the things you've promised them specifically. Because I believe there's people that are tuning in right now or who will hear this recording. There are promises they're waiting for. And I'm asking specifically that they would be encouraged regarding those promises for their life. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Again, this teaching is titled Waiting on God. Waiting on God. And that phrase you'll see a couple times in scriptures. There's one in Isaiah talks about waiting on the Lord, renewing our strength. There's a couple of songs out there that talk about waiting on the Lord. And, and so I wanted to just give some insight into what that is. And I want I to do that by looking at the life of Simeon. Simeon is a relatively overlooked uh, character uh, when it comes to the Bible in general, but more specifically, the Christmas story. Um, we typically, you know, like last week I talked about Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, and that's typically what we hear about this time of year. But after the baby Jesus is born, they take him, Mary and Joseph take him to the temple, according to the law of Moses, to be properly dedicated and prayed for and offered to the Lord as the firstborn male of the family. And and we meet Simeon in the temple. And so he is actually part of the Christmas story. He just kind of gets cut off because he, he wasn't one of the shepherds or the magi that made it to the, the manger scene. But very significant, um, you know, person in that in that you know vicinity and in that story, the Christmas story, and I believe just a significant person in the Bible in general, and yet we we typically don't hear a lot about him. And so, whenever I see something in the Bible that I think is important that virtually no one's talking about, I really like to highlight it because there's just uh, so much importance to some of the hidden or unseen things. So we go to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read a few verses. Uh, Again, Mary and Joseph, they go to the temple according to the the tradition and the law of Moses. There was actually a a law that if, if you had a male child, firstborn, there were certain things you did. And so they go to the temple. 
And we meet this Simeon. We don't know a lot about Simeon other than what's written in this very brief passage of Scripture. I'm going to pick this up and let's go to verse 26. So they, they come to bring uh, a sacrifice according to you know, what was spoken of in the law. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And then verse 25, it says, Behold... There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. Very important. He's just, he's fair to people, and he has a devout spirit. He's devoted to the Lord. And he's been waiting. It says he's just and he's devout, and he's waiting Here's a title that's not used in many places. He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. Very interesting and significant messianic title. He's waiting for the Messiah who would bring comfort and peace to Israel. So he he had set his heart to believe the Messiah's coming. The Christ is coming. That's what he was really hoping and waiting for. And it says the Holy Spirit was on him, which that's also significant. Now here's interestingly in verse 26, it says this, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. So somewhere in Simeon's life, God promises something. He reveals something. He says, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the Christ. And it was clear enough. It was overt enough, although it was subjective. We don't know what it was, if it was a dream or an angel visiting him, like, you know, with Joseph and Mary. It was real enough where he, he bought into it. And so he really was, you know, God promised me, God spoke to me, God revealed to me, I'm going to see the Christ before I die. And so that's, that's a really heavy promise that he's believing for. And so he comes by the Spirit into the temple, verse 27. And that's when we see, you know, it says, when the parents brought the child Jesus to do him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. So Simeon, Mary, and Joseph, they meet. He takes the baby Jesus in his arms. And in that moment, he's holding the very Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah he was believing he would see. And he says this prayer. He says, Lord, interestingly, Lord there, he could be speaking to the Father, he could be speaking to the Son. It's very interesting there. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. God had spoken a word to Simeon. You're not going to die until you see the Christ. What you're waiting for, it's real. You're going to see it. And he says, now I can go in peace. I've seen what you've promised. It, it's manifested. I'm, I'm holding him. And interestingly, I, I think that he probably didn't think he'd see the, see, you know, see the Messiah as a baby. 
he might have thought, I'll probably see the Messiah when he's on his throne ruling and I'll see him. You know, it's never usually what we expect, but it clicked in that moment. Ah, this is that. This is that. I was promised this is the Messiah. This is crazy. And he says, I can depart in peace now according to your word. My eyes have seen your salvation. I'm looking at the salvation of the Lord, the very Lord Jesus Christ. Even though he's a little baby still, I know this is him. What a moment. How powerful is this? You have prepared before the face of all peoples a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This man, well, this baby that would become a man was going to bring much light to Gentile peoples. And he, he was the one that the Jewish people were believing for. He's it. Excuse me. It says in verse 33, Joseph and his mother, Mary, marveled at those things that were spoken of him. They're, they're you know, Mo, jo, uh, Joseph and Mary, they're teenagers. They're, they just had the craziest whirlwind of events happen. Now they go to the temple to do the, you know, the law of Moses ritual and Simeon's prophesying like this is the Messiah. It's real. I mean, imagine you're the parents of this child. You're hearing this unfold. You're marveling. You're, you know, your chin is on the floor. And, you know, we thought it was crazy that we had this miracle baby. And then we thought it was crazy. We had angels and dreams. And, but now there's another person confirming it. And they are marveling over the events happening. And I'll say, you know, when God sends you on a unique prophetic journey, you know, Joseph and Mary, very unique journey. They had to raise the Son of God in their home. God will give enough indications. I mean, it's still going to be hard and require lots of faith. But when God sends you on a unique journey, he confirms it many times, and there are moments where you just marvel. It's, it's just amazing. But those really are to hold you steady through the journey because, you know, they got to raise him when he's 1, 2, 3, 4, 10, 20, 25. You know, they're going to watch him die on a cross one day. And so these are all necessary to kind of launch this lifelong journey of raising this, this young man. It says, Simeon, uh, it's light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, glory to your people Israel. Joseph and his mother marvel over the things spoken to him. And then it says, verse 34, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, Behold, your child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Your little baby boy is going to grow up and have a great impact on many leaders and dynamics and so there's going to be turmoil and then he adds this in he says he's for a sign that will be spoken against and he says a sword will pierce through your own soul so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed 
Simeon gives a very important prophetic word to Joseph and Mary to help launch them into their prophetic journey. And he, it's not just like, hey, you're going to be rich and, you know, all this. You know, sometimes the prophetic gets really awkward. This is truly from God, this word. And helps Joseph and Mary understand the nature of the son that they're raising is God's son. And there will be many adverse dynamics and there will be piercing moments because of the nature of this son's calling. And obviously there is no other son like this son. Our own kids will have unique callings that will have dynamics that affect us But this was a unique, heightened, this is the Son of God. And so Simeon was, in essence, preparing them. You know, there's going to be some glorious times, and there's going to be piercing moments. And the ultimate manifestation of that is, you know, Mary watched her son die on the cross. I mean, you just can't fathom how piercing that was. But again... This is Simeon's role. He comes by the power of the Holy Spirit and meets them, blesses them, and gives them a word from the Lord that would help carry them through the the years and decades of their journey with their son and then beyond. So that's the scripture passage. I want to highlight three things from this. Three things, okay? And I want to apply this. If you're watching right now or you're listening on the podcast, God gives us specific promises for our life and you know it may not happen you know when you're young or when you're it could happen in any stage of life where God makes clear to you some some certain things gonna happen maybe it's you're reading the Bible and you feel like the Lord spoke to you a verse or but there is an element where God will reveal a subjective promise to you like he did to Simeon and in essence says I want you to believe this now whenever we are given a subjective impression or word that's confirmed in three or four different ways or you know sometimes we miss what it means and and you know we don't really fully understand it but I just want to say this there are a lot of things that God speaks that he wants you to hold on to you know he's spoken things over me and this ministry that he wants me to believe for he's spoken things over you and your family and your children that you're like i know that that was god and what i want to encourage you with tonight is is some of those are real and don't let go of those pray into them confess them Talk to the Lord about them. Write them down. Pray over them. You know, if it's the Lord, he wants to make it happen. And so sometimes, uh, you know, there's a couple different camps, but some people don't believe in anything subjective. And others just believe everything and they don't use any discernment. But there's this place where God says, yeah, not everything that's ever been spoken or you've ever felt is is a promise, but, but there are some things that are promised of God for your life or will be revealed that he wants you to believe for and he he really does want you to take that serious believe for that 
Now we see um, with Simeon, again, we don't know how or what or when, but at some point and in some way, God revealed to Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Christ. You're going to see the Messiah before you die. And so Simeon clung to that, and that promise was one of the things God used to help keep him steady. One of the reasons God gives us promises is they keep us steady. You know, there's the ultimate promise that we will see the Lord return one day. I'm believing for that. And, and every believer should wait on the Lord in that corporate sense where we as the church believe for the return of Christ. Also, there's personal, individual, subjective, I know that's kind of a bad word to some Christians, but they're real, so that's the word we have to use. There are things God wants to reveal that he wants to do in our life now. You know, ways he wants to, you know, reveal himself or things he wants to do in our ministry or ways he wants to move in our city or our nation or the nations, things he wants to do in our generation. I mean, we know biblically Jesus wants to build the church. We know biblically that he wants to pour out his spirit. There are things that he wants to do, but he's highlighted to you specifically, believe for those. You may be hearing this going, yeah, I know exactly there's been one or two or three things that God has revealed to me personally, and I'm believing for that. Don't stop believing for that. Pray that God would bring clarity to those promises in your life. And if you've never thought like, well, I didn't know that was a thing, pray, God, Reveal your promises to me. Now, there are promises in Scripture that are objective in nature. I have a little bit of that on my notes, you know, that you can download and look through. There are objective things that are, they're just going to happen. We believe they're going to happen because they say they're going to happen. But there are things that are subjective in nature that are extra biblical. God will whisper to your spirit through the seasons of life, hey, be believe for this person to get saved or believe that your ministry will see this happen or believe that you'll move in dreams and visions or believe it could be anything. There are, there are times and there are seasons God will highlight, I'm taking you this direction. I want you to begin to agree with it. It's a promise over your life. Begin to contend, begin to pray. Go that direction with the Lord. So some people are thinking, I must not be special enough to have promises. No, no, no. Every Christian is special enough to have promises. There are many promises of Scripture that are fully at your access. And there's also some that, you know, maybe you're believing for or haven't been revealed yet. Pray into them. Pray that God would speak to you and clarify. So there's this idea of promise. God wants to reveal specific things for your life like he did with Simeon. Simeon, you're not going to die till you see the Lord's Christ. He hung on to that. What are your promises? Cling to those. And then number two, so number one is the promise. Number two is the waiting, waiting on God. Okay, I have this promise over my life. X, Y, Z is going to happen. What do I do? Wait on God. Again, I have a little bit written here on what waiting on God is. It's simply, you're saying, I believe, 
what you've spoken to me. I truly believe it. In the meantime, because I don't know if it's going to happen in a year or 50 years or at the end of my life or tomorrow or 100 years, I don't know the timing, but I'm going to live my life devout in anticipation of that happening. So I'm not going to just be lazy and do nothing. I'm going to live in agreement with what I think you're saying, which is what Simeon did. It said he was just, he was devout, and he waited. And so the Holy Spirit was on him. In fact, three times in this brief passage, we see the Holy Spirit on this man's life. He was saturated in the Holy Spirit. See, some people have this idea of, oh, I'll just wait on God. You know, he'll do his thing one day. No, no, it's not this lazy or super casual thing. It's, I believe God's promised this. You know, maybe it's revival in the city or maybe it's something for your ministry or your family or a person saved or, you know, career change or whatever. You live in a spirit of devotion day in and day out. You live in obedience as much as you know how. And you treat people right. That's what the idea of being just and devout. You, you live devoted to the Lord. You, know, you have your quiet time, have your Bible time, your prayer time, stay in connection, talk to the Lord throughout the day, all that you know, that we all do as Christians. I think it's really important. Part of that is how we treat people. It's huge. You know, I'm, I feel... All the time, I'm like, Lord, I should have been more kind here and this and that. And, and so that's something that we all just have to constantly bring before the Lord. Lord, oh, I didn't want to bless that neighbor there. And, you know, but that's important because that, that says a lot about us. And, and, and I believe what Simeon did well is he was not only devoted, but he wasn't like devoted and mean. You see that a lot today. You know, I'm in big in prayer and do this and all this for the Lord, but they're not really nice. They're not kind. There's not joy in their life. I want that too. That's, we got to have both. And so there's the promise. There's the waiting. Wait, I don't know when it is. God said it. I believe it. You know, he's going to come back one day. I believe it, but I'm going to live in alignment with that. God spoke something over my ministry. I believe it. I don't see it, but I, I believe it. And so I'm going to live. I'm going to make decisions assuming that's correct. And here's the thing, it's probably not going to happen the way I thought, but that's, that's okay. It's not going to happen in your life the way, exactly the way you had it thought out. It's probably going to be better. It's going to be different, but it's going to be better, and you'll be at peace about it. So there's the promise, there's the waiting. A lot of people quit in the waiting, don't quit in the waiting. Well, the Lord spoke revival over this, and he said this over that, but it's been 10 years it doesn't matter if it's been 10 or 20 or 30. So many men and women in Scripture, they waited their whole life for things, and then they happened. Some waited their whole life, and it wasn't what they were thinking. It was they were going to see it in the next age. But I am talking about things happening in this age. There are many promises God's given us. He wants to do them in our life now. And so some do make that mistake. They're like, well, you know, all the promises I'm believing for are in the next stage in heaven. Well, that's sort of a cop-out to be unbelieving. Really, it is. God wants us to believe for souls saved now in this age. Revival in our city now. Family members saved here and now. 
24-7 prayer breaking forth in our cities and nations. So there's many things he wants to do now, and he's looking for agreement and faith over those promises. So don't take the kind of super cool theologian view. Yeah, if the Lord doesn't do it, he'll just do it in heaven. There's a lot of unbelievers that aren't going to be in heaven if we take that approach. I, I would urge anybody hearing me, we can't just coast into heaven, super cool theologian, whatever happens, happens. We got to come into agreement with what God's promised. We want to take, we want to see way more people in heaven that are going as of right now. And so don't ever, you know, just be so lax that we don't believe for, uh, we got to see what God's promised. Now, so there's the promise, there's the waiting, and then there's the fulfillment. Okay, Simeon walked into the promise of God for his life, one of them specifically. He saw with his eyes what God revealed to him. And this is what I've been saying tonight. He wants to do the same in your life. The things he has spoken to you, he really means it. He wants to do it. Live in agreement. Go after it in prayer. Talk about it write about it blog about it it you know approach it as if this is god wants to do that someone's going to think you're crazy no matter what you do in life might as well just go all out for jesus you know no matter what you believe they're going to think you're crazy okay so just kind of get over that one right now and just if god's spoken it go for it believe it pray into it Simeon walked into the promise that had been revealed to him. Again, we're not shown how, but something was spoken clearly enough that he clung to it. Probably didn't think it was going to be the baby Jesus. He probably thought, again, he's going to see him on the throne when he's the Messiah ruling and reigning, but he didn't have full clarity. But in that moment, he's like, oh my goodness, this is it. This really is, I, I was thinking differently, but this is what God spoke. And so let's, let's kind of keep our heart open for God to speak to us about his promises. And, and maybe you're watching this, or again, you're listening to the recording, and, and you've let some of those promises just kind of die in your heart because you can't see them happening. I want you to know something. We serve the God of resurrection. We serve the God who went into the grave three days and came out full of light, power, and glory. So the more dead that promise looks, you're in a good place. Because typically he lets things get so dead that everybody knows God did that. God made that promise happen, not you, not me. I think of 2020, I think of the global landscape in 2020, I see so much death and despair, it's fertile soil for God to break through and get all the glory because so many people are just like, nothing good can come out of 2020, nothing good can happen. God goes, ooh, I like when it's real dead. I call Lazarus's out of tombs when things are dead three and four days. I love doing that stuff. 
And so when there's just been talk of death and despair all year, he loves to just rip things straight out of that and, and say, you know what? I'm bringing promises to pass. Individ- for individuals, for churches, for communities, for nations. And so we can never, we can never say, ah, it's just not going to happen. It's just been a tough, it's not been a tough year for God. He's the master. He's this, you know, he's behind the scenes curating all these scenarios so that he can get the maximum amount of glory and so that the most amount of people will turn to him. He's really good at creating pressure. He's really good at doing things so that our attention is is placed on him. Never forget that. That's the long and short of the message I have for tonight. I'm short on time here. Again, there are promises, just like with Simeon, that he's spoken to you or he will speak to you. Just pray. Just say simple prayer. Lord, what are the specific promises over my life you want me to believe for? Who, who do you want me to believe? You know, who, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How, who do you want me to serve? You know, all these, just put them out before the Lord. You never know. He may give you a dream. He may get you a prophetic word and it get confirmed or a verse jumps off the, the page and you're like, that's a, that's a word for me. And then it gets confirmed through this and that. Take that serious. You know, wherever you're at theologically, you know, I minister to a wide range of the body of Christ, you know, from Catholic to Protestant to charismatic to not charismatic. I've met all kinds. Open your heart a little bit that God might be a little bigger than you're thinking, and he may want to do greater things with your life than you're thinking. Open your heart to that. Don't say, oh, I'm too old. Oh, he he uses young, he uses old, he uses male, he uses female, white, brown, black. He, he'll use anybody because everybody's his favorite. He doesn't value me more than anyone else because I lead a prayer room or he doesn't, you know, specially bless the pastor because he's a pastor or she's a pastor. Now, if we have a heart of faith, if we're asking, Lord, talk to me about these promises for my life, he'll do it. And then keep them in your heart. It was noted of Mary, the mother of Jesus, she pondered things in her heart. She heard all these amazing words, but kept them in her heart. Keep them in your heart. Don't stop believing them. Years may pass. Decades may pass. Live devout. Live just. They will happen. I can't wait. Well, I can wait. (laughs) But in that sense, I can't wait till. We begin to see a church begin to move in the fulfillment of some of the promises of Scripture, some of the promises over our city and over our families and ministries and lives. I think we're heading into a season of fulfillment. I don't know what the timing is, but I'm never going to stop believing that ahead is a season of fulfillment for many who've been waiting years and decades. Don't give up. Keep believing and keep waiting on God. And that's the message for tonight. So, Father, I just, in closing here, I want to pray for those who tuned in or those who are listening. We ask for grace to be faithful and to be loyal, to be devout in the waiting. And we're asking for many promises to be fulfilled in the coming year and years and decades ahead according to your glorious timing 
and according to your will. Lord, I pray for those who've waited for specific things for many years, many decades. Let them come to pass soon for the glory of the name of Jesus. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.